0: Well, Last week we finished looking at uh, chapter 2 and we watched as Solomon came to a conclusion in his life where he basically said this, that what would be best for him at that stage of his life would be to simply enjoy what he's been given and to just take advantage of the moment and not be worrying about the future and not be worrying about the next stage of life, to not be pursuing that next moment or that next endeavor. And last week I tried to remind us that every one of us would do ourselves a great favor if we would come to that same conclusion in our lives where we learn to enjoy the moment that God has provided for us at that moment because so many times we as individuals, we are busy pursuing that next phase of life, that next stage of life. We think if we can just reach this, then we'll be happy. If we can just reach this, then we'll have the fulfillment or the joy that we've been looking for And the truth of the matter is this, is no matter what stage we are in, there will always be something to continue pursuing. And so whenever we learn to just enjoy the moment that we're in, then life becomes so much more enjoyable. I hope this week you've enjoyed the moment that you're in. I hope you've enjoyed the position that God has you in. And if not, I hope that you try to enjoy where you're at uh, this coming week. And just enjoy the blessing uh, that comes from that. This morning I want to begin by talking about something that I touched on in the Sunday night message. That being that I enjoy watching sports on TV. I enjoy watching many different kinds of sports. I have my favorites, but I enjoy certain sports more than others. And whether you're a sports person or not, I think all of us would understand this that certain rules govern every game that is played. And what I mean by that is this, is that football has a set of rules that govern the game, and basketball has a set of rules that govern their game. Baseball has rules that govern their game. Hockey has rules that govern their games. And it does not matter what the game is. It does not matter what the competition is. There are rules that are governing the game and the participants of the game. That in mind, we know this to be true. That generally speaking, no one minds there being rules in place because otherwise there would be complete chaos in that competition. So I, as a spectator, whenever I'm watching a football game or a basketball game, I go into those settings understanding that there are certain rules that will govern this game. And again, as a spectator, or as in the past, whenever I was a participant, it did not bother me, it did not offend me, it did not upset me, it did not serve as a source of angst in my life that there were rules. Again, I understood there has to be rules in this game, or else it's just going to be chaos. And so, as we keep that thought in mind, I want us to think about this kind of a fan. This kind of a fan, this kind of a spectator, this kind of an observer, they are watching the sport of their choice and they are watching the team of their choice. And again, knowing that there are rules that govern the game, there are fans like this who don't mind the rules until the rules seem to be working against them or their team. Have you ever met someone like that? They don't mind that there's a rule in the rule book called pass interference or unsportsmanlike conduct or unnecessary roughness or whatever it may be. That doesn't bother them, but as soon as the flag comes out and the whistle is blown and the referee calls out their player or their team as being in violation to that rule, well, that gets them all bent out of shape, and now they're mad and the ref is ignorant and the ref is dumb and the ref is stupid and the ref doesn't know what's happening and the ref's just out to get my player and the ref is just out to get my team, isn't it amazing how quickly the attitude changes when those rules are now working against them? But let that same rule work against their opponent. And they're completely fine with the rule. Hey, that's just the rule. Your person violated the rule. Hey, I didn't write the rules. Hey, don't get upset at me. Clearly, well, I mean, I don't know if it was clearly pass interference, but hey, it was enough. Hey, don't get upset at me. I'm not the one who made the rule. Hey, these refs are doing a pretty good job. Stop acting like they're the problem. Your team's just no good. You ever heard fans respond like that? I don't know about you, but I don't like those kinds of fans. Those fans who are always upset when the rule works against them, but quite happy when the rule works for them. As a spectator to those types of fans, I just want to say, shut up and grow up. It's how the game is played. Accept it and move on, but stop all the complaining. That's what I'd like to say. And that's why I watch most games by myself. (laughs) Because I've learned that there are certain fans out there that I don't enjoy watching games with, so I'm just not going to invite them over to play with me. That's how it works. Now that probably doesn't seem to have much to do with the book of Ecclesiastes right now. But in a few moments, I hope that it'll make a little bit more sense but in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 1, here is what Solomon says. He writes and he records this thought, this truth, that most of us are familiar with. He says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So in verse number 1, we notice the second word and the third words are these, Everything. Every thing. Everything. I want to ask you this morning if you have to be a Bible scholar to know what those two words mean, everything. The answer is no, you do not have to be a Bible scholar to understand those two words. The words everything would simply mean this, all things. For all things in this life, for all things in this world, this would be so. So what does Solomon say to everything? He said, to everything there is a season, which would mean this, that there are appointed times and there are appointed moments For everything in this life and everything in this world. For everything, there is a season, there is an appointed time. And he said, and a time to every purpose or every endeavor under the heaven. So what is Solomon saying? He is saying this. That there is this rule that governs life. And that rule is this. There are seasons and there are appointed times for everything that you and I have contact with. Solomon could say of himself personally that over the years what he had noticed and what he had discovered to be true is this is that his life had experienced different seasons and different ways. So for just himself personally and privately, just just for his own little world, he would say, you know what, I have discovered that seasons change in my own personal life. But in his private life with those who would be close to him, maybe extended family and some friends, whatever it may be, he would say, I've also discovered that this is not a rule that just governs my life personally, but it is a rule that governs my life to a greater extent, even my extended family and my friends that there are appointed times, there are seasons, and that for everything we engage in, life is constantly changing. He would say as it relates to everything, not just for himself singularly and for himself solely, but not only for himself as an extended part of his family and his friends. He could even look at his nation and say something like this, You know, I've discovered that throughout the years our nation has been governed by this rule that we are in a constant state of change. Nothing is staying the same. Nothing is remaining consistent. There is nothing that in and of itself is really remaining unmoved. He is saying, no, in in every part of our life, whether it be the personal life, the private life, the extended family to an extent, or maybe even something as great as a nation, to everything, there is this constant change of appointed times, of appointed seasons, that we go through Solomon though he may not use these exact words could could describe it like this this is the rule that governs man's life and here's what we know in the thousands of years that have passed since Solomon penned these words that rule for this game of life has not changed There are appointed seasons and there are appointed times for every endeavor that you and I engage in. Our lives are in a constant state of change. I think if you were to look at yourself personally, solely, individually, here's what you would say. In the last few years, you've changed. Now, I don't know in what way you would say you've changed, but there is no possible way that in the last five years we are the same person today that we were five years ago. Something has changed in some way, in some manner about us. You and I, we would look at our families, our extended families and our friends, and we would say things like this. Well, the Lord knows for sure that that rule has applied to me. Things are certainly different in our family today than they were five years ago. We can look at our nation and we can say something like this without question in the last 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, our nation has certainly experienced change. You and I can't look back 10 years and say the nation is the same today as it was back then. My goodness, the nation is completely different it seems sometimes than it was 10 years ago. And with that rule of life that seems to govern us, and how it has affected us in the past, here's what we've got to remember. It will also continue to affect us in the future. Wherever we're at right now, guess what? It's not staying this way. I don't know if that excites you or concerns you, but we're not staying the same right now. Of what we will be in the future. I mean, let's just think about it. In the next five years, our lives will look a lot different. We have no idea what the next five years will do to us, but we will be different in five years if God gives us five years individually. Our families could look completely and entirely different in five years than they look right now because it's not going to stay the same. And our nation, we have no idea what it could look like in the next five years. Let's listen to this. This is so important, all right? We don't know what's going to happen in the future. The only thing that we can know is this, is it will not be what it is right now because the rule of life that governs every one of us is this, it's changing. It will be different. It will not be stagnant. Things are evolving, and things are happening, and things are moving. You can be guaranteed of that. Now, as that is so in verse number 1, here's what Solomon does in the next few verses. He illustrates some of the ways in which life brings about changes. Things that you and I really, as much as we'd like to pretend we do have control over, we have no control over them. And this morning we could spend time talking about a nation. We could spend time talking about many different things. We could talk about businesses and, and, and companies and corporations and economies and all these other things. But this morning what I'd like us to do is I'd like us to consider the individual's life. And maybe that individual's extended life to an extent, whatever you would include that to be. But I want this to be personal, and I want us to think about this. What Solomon says is going to happen to every one of us by way of change. We'll not deal or look at all portions of this, just a few of them, but I want us to look in verse number 2. In verse number 2, we're familiar with this line, the very first part of it. He said, for every one of us, there's a time to be born and a time to die. A time to be born and a time to die. Now, now think about that individually and think about that maybe for just a moment about your extended circle. Again, whoever would be a part of that. Obviously, every one of us have already had that appointment, that season of birth, correct? Correct. Some of you are not so sure. It's how it worked. That's how you got here however many years ago that you got here, okay? Now now listen, here's what I want us to think about. In the years to come, the days, weeks, months, years, whatever it may be, in the years to come, God may bless with more births. Susie and I, from time to time, we talk about our own personal life experience. We talk about how at the age of 23, we were parents to Nathan. Every once in a while, we say to ourselves, can you believe that we were parents at age 23? And we say to ourselves, no, we can't believe it because we weren't mature enough to be having kids. And so we look at that, and then every once in a while, we'll say, do you realize that if Nathan follows our pattern, that in five years, we'll be grandparents? I don't know if it's going to happen, but it could happen. I don't know what's going to take place. I don't know what's going to happen in my life. I don't know what's going to happen in your life. But in five years, God could bring about the births that we would celebrate of different people in our family and those that we care about and those that we love and and those that we cherish. But he also said there's not just a time to be born, but he said there's a time to die. There's a time to die. I think if many of us would just take a look back over the last five years, many of us would say something like this, we've lost people in our personal lives that we weren't necessarily ready to say goodbye to. In the last five years, we've had to bury someone. In the last five years, that one that we loved, that one that we cared about, that one that was so special to us, that, that family member or that one who was closer than family, whoever it was, they had that season. They had that appointment with death. And in the last five years, we had to say goodbye to them. Well, guess what? As that may have happened in the last five years, we don't know what's going to happen in the next five years. We simply have no idea how that inner circle is going to change. In the next five years, we could be burying our spouse. In the next five years, we could be burying one of our children or maybe our grandchild. In the next five years, it could be our parent that we're saying goodbye to. In the next five years, it could be that dear friend who has been a friend for life. We don't know what the seasons are going to bring but Solomon did say this you can be assured that there is a time and there is a season for everything and to illustrate it he said sometimes people are born and sometimes people die it's the way it is he said in verse number three again skipping over some of these because i just want to deal with a few of them He said in verse number 3 in the last part of it, he said that there is a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to break down and a time to build up. It's kind of interesting what this means. The the idea of building something up means to, to establish something or to really ground it and to make it solid. The idea behind the words breaking down is this. It has to be destroyed. It has to be let go. It has to be torn down. Can I ask you something this morning? If you were to look back over the last five years, would you be able to say of your own personal life, That there were certainly times where things were grounded and established and made stronger. And there were things that certainly became better by way of value or by way of strength or by way of substance. And yet at the same time, there are things that you had to tear down and let go of and destroy. It's happened to all of us, hasn't it? I mean, I can look back over my last five years and I can say, you know, in the last five years, certain relationships have been grounded and established and made solid and they've been strengthened. And they're so much better today than they were five years ago. And at the same time, I can look at relationships from five years ago and say, you know what? I needed to lose that one. I hated to lose that one, but nonetheless, I lost it. That relationship that I thought was in place, that one that I thought was grounded and established, that one that I thought was, was strong and, and, and going nowhere, it, it was torn down and it was, it was broken down and it was destroyed and it's not at all what it once was. Just as it's happened in the past, you know what I've got to remind myself? Because of the rules of life that govern us, that will continue to happen in the future. We don't know what the next few years are going to look like, but I'll tell you this, there will be times in which things get stronger that you would have hoped had gotten stronger, that you would have dreamed gotten stronger, that maybe you would have never even thought was going to get stronger. Things will get stronger, and at the same time, things that you hold right now that are so dear to you, that are so precious to you, that you think are solid and going nowhere, there will be a time in the future that those things will be broken down. They will be destroyed, and they will be removed. That's how life works. He said in verse number 4, a time to weep and a time to mourn, a time to laugh and a time to dance. I don't have to spend a long time explaining this. You're familiar with this. You know what this means. That in everyone's life there will be times of weeping, there will be times of mourning, there will be times of sorrow, there will be times of sadness, there will be times of grieving. There are going to be times where you feel as though your heart has been ripped out and it has certainly happened to some in the past. And he said also that just as there are times of weeping and times of mourning, there are times of laughing and dancing, rejoicing and celebrating. And in the last several years we've known all that, haven't we? But in the years to come, we're also going to experience every bit of that again. I don't know how many days or weeks or months it will be. I don't know if it's years down the road before this will take place. But I can just remind us of this quite certainly that there will be more days in our future that we will weep and that we will grieve and that we will mourn and that our hearts will be broken. We're going to te- uh, cry until we can't shed any more tears, it seems. We're going to have those moments where it feels as though as our world has fallen apart. We're going to have those moments. It's going to happen. And we're going to have those moments where we're laughing and celebrating and rejoicing once more verse number five I just want us to look at the last part in verse number five he said this that there will be a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing Now I don't know what you think whenever you hear the words embrace and embracing but I think of giving a good strong hug or something of that nature that's what I think of, and that's what my mind jumps to by way of conclusion. But you know what it actually means? It actually means this a clasping of the hands and sitting idle. The embracing is the clasping of one's hand and just sitting idle. You know what Solomon declared? That in everyone's life, there will be times when you sit idle, doing nothing. And there will be other times where you refrain from embracing. Meaning that you will not be sitting idle. I know that this is somewhat repetitive, but I want us to think about this. As we look back over the past, have there been those seasons in life where we sat idle? Where maybe we weren't as, as productive as we had hoped we would be. We weren't accomplishing as much as maybe we wanted to be accomplishing. I don't know why we were idle, but have there been times in which Our hands were clasped, and it was as though we were forced to sit idle. It's happened, and there have been many, maybe, possibly, quite possibly, there were some who would have loved to have been able to clasp their hands and sit idle, and yet that was not made available to them. Life was staying so busy, life was moving at such a pace, they'd love to stop and just catch their breath, but it seemed like there was no way to do such a thing. It has happened, has it not? Well, guess what? It shall happen again. There will be seasons of life in which we're doing nothing. But we want to be doing something. And there will be seasons in life ahead of us where we would love to catch our breath and take a break but it won't be available to us. If you look in verse number 6, he said this, there's a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to get and a time to lose. What does it mean to get? It means to, to bring in. It means to take possession of something. We know what it means to lose for whatever it was that we had for it to slip through our fingers. We've been there, haven't we? We've all had those times of building up and amassing and acquiring and taking in and enjoying, and then we've all had those seasons of life where we began to lose some of those things that we had once possessed. As it's happened in the past, just very quickly let me remind you, it will happen again in the future. You're going to have seasons of increase. You're going to have seasons where things abound. You're going to have seasons where everything is coming in and everything is wonderful and everything is fantastic. And you're going to have those moments, and you'll also have these moments where it seems like no matter what you do, you can't get ahead for losing. It's a rule that governs life. You'll get, you'll lose, you'll keep some, you'll get rid of some. In verse number 8, he 7 rather, in verse number 7, he said this. In addition to rending and sowing, he said there is a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Man. Over the last five years, how many times have we had to keep silent when we wanted to speak? And how many times did we have to speak when we wanted to just stay silent? But without doubt, those moments have happened in our lives. And without doubt, in the future, we'll have similar moments. Times when we need to speak, when we've got to stand up and say something. And there will be times when we've just got to sit back and say nothing. It's how it works. Verse number 8, last thought that I want us to look at. He said in verse number 8, in addition for a time to love and a time to hate, he said there's a time of war and a time of peace. You know, he's saying Solomon is maybe of a nation but also of individuals, a time of love and a time of hate. Now, here's what Solomon's not saying. He's not saying, listen, there are times that you need to hate people. But what seems to be the indication is this, is there will be times that you are loved and there will be times that you are hated. Now, I would suspect if we were to look back over the course of your life, I wouldn't be able to say of any of you as you would not be able to say of me, man, I bet you've always been loved, haven't you? Because that's not how life works. And yet, at the same time, none of us could suggest that we've always been hated. Because by the grace of God, we have been loved. And in the years to come, no matter what we do, no matter how we work it, no matter how we strive, no matter what we try to accomplish, guess what? There will still be people in the future, let's listen, let's listen, in the future there will still be people who hate us. They despise us. They have no use for us. They don't don't want us to succeed in anything that we're doing. They'll be jealous of successes and they'll be bitter toward anything good that happens to you. It's just going to happen that you will be hated. But Solomon also said there will be times when you will be loved. Somebody will like you. Even if everyone else hates you. Now are you following all this? Solomon said, there is something that I have discovered, there is something that I have realized about this game called life. There are rules that dictate how this life will be lived, and one of the rules is this, nothing will stay constant. Everything is going to change. Life, death, wealth, poverty, friendships, lack of friendships, love, hate, whatever it is, Everything is going to constantly change in a person's life. That is just a rule for everyone. You know what I've discovered by way of observation? By way of observation of others and of myself? Generally speaking, we don't mind that rule until that rule is working against us. You understand what I mean? For you and I to sit here this morning and say, well, you know, I mean, what Solomon said is true. I mean, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Hey, I don't mind that. I don't mind that rule for a moment unless that rule is working against me. And you don't mind that rule unless that rule is working against you. Is that fair enough? Whether you accept it or not, I know it's true. How do we know? Well, I mean, because everyone enjoys the birth. No one enjoys the death. Nobody says, praise the Lord, death finally took place. It's not how we work. That's when we grieve. That's when we weep. That's when we're sorrowful. That's when our heart is crushed. And listen, with those times of, of, of weeping and grieving and mourning, whether it be death or something else, that's when we hate this rule of life. I don't want my kids breaking my heart. I don't want my grandkids doing something stupid that's going to cost them for the rest of their lives. I don't want this to happen to my dear friend. I don't want this to happen. We don't mind the rule until it starts affecting us in a negative way. I don't mind the rules of life until it's me who's got an who has to end a friendship, who has to finally just just cut the friendship off. I don't mind the rules of life until it's that person who now hates me who once loved me. So you see how immature we are? Because the only time that we really like the rule Is when the rule is playing in our favor Oh I like that season of change Where the grandkids came That was an exciting time. Oh, that was wonderful. Oh, man, that was fantastic. Or a young couple when my child was entered into this world, you know, and and we had that child added to our family. Oh, that's a wonderful season of life. Oh, I love that time of life where I'm laughing and celebrating and dancing and rejoicing. Man, I love that time of life where everyone loves me. I love the time of life where everyone's, you know, giving me stuff and everything I do is being productive and everything I'm doing is just bringing in the increase. And I love getting to toil as much as I want to toil and resting as much as I want to rest. Isn't it amazing how much we love the rules when they work to our benefit and how often we despise the rules when they work against us? Again, that reveals our immaturity. As hard as it can be sometimes in this game of life, you know what we've got to be mature enough to expect and to understand? Life will be up and life will be down. It will go back up. It will come back down. There will be good days. There will be hard days. There will be days where it's easy. There will be days where it's difficult. There will be days where it's fun. There will be days when it is miserable. We've got to be mature enough to expect and to understand that this is what our life is going to look like. And we cannot afford to allow ourselves to get all bent out of shape when things aren't going our way. go back to the spectator watching the sport of their choice the game isn't unfolding the way they wanted, and there's this referee messing everything up and the spectator or the participants getting angry at that individual can I tell you what happens so many times in our own lives whether we would ever phrase it this way or not So many times we look at the one who put the rule in place and who is enforcing the rule of life being in a constant state of change, and many times here's what happens. We don't mind when he's working for us, but if he starts seemingly working against us, oh, that's when we get upset at God. Maybe we're not booing God. Maybe we're not yelling at God. Maybe we're not raising our fist in His face, telling Him how wrong He is. But let's be honest, if we're not careful in our immaturity, many times we can begin to grow very bitter toward God because everything's not working out the way we think it ought to be working out. I just want to remind us this morning, life will always be changing. Good Bad, and somewhere in between. And the sooner we accept it, and by way of accept it, I mean accept it with a good attitude and not just endure it and grit our way through it. The sooner we accept that truth, the better off we'll be. And I know that we've all heard this before, but I'm telling you, there could be some right now who need the reminder. Enjoy the good, but just keep in mind it won't always be this way. The tough times are going to come again. It's just it, it's the circle of life. Watch Lion King if you don't understand it, all right? It's good right now. Good. Enjoy it. It's going to get rough again. It's so hard right now. I understand. I, listen, I do. Get your attitude right, though. How can I get my attitude right? Knowing this, it'll get good again. You Just have to give it some time. Just keep doing right. Just keep following the Lord. and, And just know that this season it too shall pass. That's how the game was set up. It's how the rules were put in place. And that is what governs every one of us. So let's just be reminded of the need to be mature and to accept that season, whatever it is, knowing it's going to change, it's going to fluctuate, it'll, it'll be different in the future, but we're okay with that because that's how God designed it. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for a word of prayer. Fathers, we come to you this morning. Lord, I don't know where each person is at today. I don't know what season of life they are in. They may be in a time of great rejoicing. They may be in a time of great struggle right now. Some could be looking at this rule of life and how it's being played out, and right now they're rejoicing and celebrating and loving it, and they think it's fantastic. And the person beside them right now could be hating the position they're in and how this is working out. God, would you help us today to have the maturity to understand that it will not always be what it is today. Good days lie ahead of us, bad days lie ahead of us. And our attitude and our heart needs to be willing to accept it wherever it is, whatever it is, with the right attitude, with the right spirit. I pray that you'd help us today, wherever the help is needed. God, would you help us to be what you'd have us to be? I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.